Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. And today, we are going to start January today. We're going to start the series of January now. Just like I was saying in the, the, that little uh, bit about giving, why wait till tomorrow when we can start today? And so often, we do that, and we keep putting off tomorrow what we should have done today. And today, our message is, it's going to be different. Our whole series is going to be, it's going to be different. Because that's what we imagine the future to be this time around. New Year's. This year is going to be different. 2020 is going to be different than 2019. And we think that with months, with days, with years, and we always expect something to be different, even though we don't change anything within ourselves. And there's, there's so many times where I, I, as a pastor, me and my wife, uh, we counsel people, we talk to people, and we try to help them through things. And so often, the, uh, even when it comes to like what we're going to talk about in our Bible study, when it comes to like family relationships, the biggest, the biggest problem that people end up having is having an expectation for something to be different, but nothing has changed. Having an expectation for, some, for an outcome to be different when all of the actions are the same, when the mindsets are the same. And... Entering into 2020, I want to just, I want this to be a time where we're like all in this together. We're looking at ourselves. We're looking at our church. And I want to be transparent with you guys. And the, in today's message, I want us to, to grasp this idea of it's going to be different. And I want y'all to really believe that 2020 is going to be different. Some of y'all are like, I need it to be different. <laughs> I need 2020 to be different than 2019. And before we enter into this, this new year, this new season, I want us to look back on the one we just had. And, you know, reflecting on the past is something that's painful. And most people say that their least favorite subject is history. Because a lot of people see it as being a useless subject. Well, it's just history. It's not like you, like... You don't have to use it in daily life. Math, right? You get to use plus and minus and chemistry maybe. I don't know, make you cookies and stuff. But when it comes to history, sometimes people don't see the importance of it. History is actually one of the most valuable subjects in our schools, in our education, in our lives. Because the purpose of history is so that we don't repeat the same mistakes. And when you look at the Bible, it's full of so much history. And, and we can look back and so many times there's so many sermons and messages about, well, we don't want to be like old Israel. We don't want to be like all Pe- the Peter when he was a bad disciple. We don't, we don't want to be like this person or that person. And we, it's so easy to look at the end of history backwards and say, oh, that would never happen to us. But we constantly end up repeating the same mistakes in history over and over because we're not really looking at where we're at. 
We always look at ourselves as, oh, well, this situation is different. This, this was different. That's not history. This is something new. And the scriptures literally tell us that nothing is new under the sun, that everything is, has been repeated before. And so if we really want to grasp a, a different year, a different future, we really need to reflect on the past. And reflecting on 2019, one thing that we, uh, our church leaders did um, is we all met together and we looked at 2019 and we said, all right, what were the mistakes that we made in 2019? And we had a whole list of them. And we, we then got all of those mistakes and asked each other, what is the trend that we see in all these mistakes? And I want us to all think about that for ourselves for a second. And if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to do this as like a little practice later. And, you know, to look at mistakes is not a bad thing. And we asked ourselves, what are all the mistakes that we made in 2019? And what is the underlying trend? If we could say it in one word or a statement or a sentence, what was our trend of mistakes? And for us as a church, we all reflected and said, we think that we were too business. We were too much business and not enough relation. We weren't relational. We were too much business. And it was something that was like, for me as a pastor, I'm like, guys, I did my best. (laughs) But the truth was, I was the one throwing my hat in that like, yeah, I, 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 know that I can make things too much business to where I don't comprehend emotions like I should. And, and there's, there's things that we could have avoided if we, we had done it, but it's not about going to the past, but learning from it so we can look at 2020 as being different. And the other thing we did was that we looked at our wins. It's another thing I want you to do in your life. It is a little homework assignment is look at yourself and, and what are the wins that you had in 2019? The things that felt like wins for you. And for us, we, looked, we, we listed all these different things. And the trend that we saw in our wins is that we had the highest peaks consecutively. In, in the history of our church, we had the, the highest peaks in attendance, the highest peaks in membership, the highest peaks in uh, salvation, the highest peaks in even giving. And we had the highest peaks we've experienced since being at church. And, and so that was like a really great win. And it almost coincided with our, with our mistakes that we wouldn't probably have hit those peaks if we, weren't, uh, if we weren't so focused on being well-organized, right? But see, that's what looking at the past does is help you find a better balance to your wins and mistakes. And the truth of the matter is we're all trying to, to do our best. In your life, it's not like you looked at 2019 as like, I just won't try this year. Next year I'll do, you know, that's when I'll start trying. Everyone was grinding their butt off this year, right? And yet, at the end of the year, we're still like, freak, gosh. And it's, it's just so difficult. And so looking back, this isn't a time to, to tell yourself, well, I didn't try as much as I could. That's not true. It's a time of just simple reflection because oftentimes 
our energies are just uh, are put in so much in one area that we end up slacking at another. And it's 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 a realization that you cannot produce more than 100 percent. It's like when people say, bring your 110 percent. That's not a real energy equation. That's just like a motivation thing. The truth is, most of us can on, a, on our best days can bring 80 percent. And on our normal days, it's more like 50-60%. And when we understand that we are limited in our capabilities and abilities, it helps us to better focus where to put our energy. Y'all dig what I'm saying? So I know that this is like, like all like practical stuff. So like, I didn't know I was going to a TED Talk today, right? But, you know, the vision for, for 2020 for you, what does that really look like? And for us as a church, one thing that we did is we wrote, what do we want our focus to be for 2020? And then we broke it down for, for each quarter for us to reflect and have more of an established focus. And the biggest focus that we had for 2020 was that we wanted to nurture the relationships that we have we wanted to grow new relationships with people and we wanted to build the relationships with the people that are partners with us and supporters. And see, we, we looked at our biggest mistake and said we, wanna, we want that to be our biggest win next year. And we want it to be so relational uh, going into this year. And each quarter, we put a statement and, and for us to check ourselves of what our focus is so that we fulfill that vision. And this is like a practice for like, you know, business, right, an organization. But oftentimes our lives end up being so chaotic because we don't give as much intention to our lives as we do to our work. And I want you to look at 2020 and ask yourself, what do I really need this year? For some of y'all, it's healing. For some of y'all, it's ambition. For some of y'all, it may be a new level of gratitude. But I want you to, to really look into your heart of what you need in 2020 and make it your vision. Make it your heart's goal. And if you notice, in each of your chairs, we put, we put a couple things. We put, first of all, an encouragement card because... And each of those cards are different. And those cards just have a little saying on them. And I really believe that whatever card you got today was for you. That is a card that you needed to see, that you needed to read. And I pray that it's something meaningful to you. And the other thing that we put on there is a fasting guide for 2020. And on that fasting guide, it, it has um, different questions for you. And, and it's all to help guide you in this fast. And I really want you to think of this fast as something that's projecting for your whole year. Just like how I talked about how we broke up the whole year as a vision, as a goal. I want you to look at this fast as the, the starting point to what you want your year to be. And everyone's year is different. 
And every year that we have is different from the last. And one of those questions on there is, is something as simple as, during this fast, my main focus is this. And that's where I want you to really get all the little homework assignments I'm telling you and write down for you, what is it that I really need from God? And let that be the focus of your fast and then break it down to each week so that you can, uh, so that that focus doesn't die out, but that it's rekindled each week as you're focusing and praying on it. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And with, with this kind of intention, keep, keep it in your Bible, keep it in, uh, on your visor, keep it in a place that, that you have an opportunity to reflect on and look back at. And I want you to really take this fast with intention. I want you to take it serious. And I want you to really believe that what you're focusing on, what you're praying for, is something that that God will answer in this 21 days. And going into the idea of what kind of fast you're going to do this, this next 21 days, I want you to, to just be honest with yourself of what kind of fast you're able to do, that you're willing to do, while still challenging yourself. If you're like me, you might be an over-challenger, to where you, you put like ridiculous goals and, and you just like really beat yourself to achieve them. And it's like it, it becomes more of a competition to yourself than it is actual like, <laughs> like a actual fast. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so there's, there's years that where doing that is, is what you need to do. And there's other years where you need to like really just settle down, calm your heart, calm your spirit. And let it be the kind of fast you need to do that year. Because every year is different, right? And I'll, I'll be transparent with you guys. Last year, I, was, I took the fast really hardcore. And I'm, it was a year that I really needed to. And, and I did, it was probably the most intense fasting I've ever done in my life. And I, it was so beneficial to where even at the end of the year, I still feel the, the fruit of the fasting at the beginning. Entering into this year, I felt like a completely different pull on my heart to where I really felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to, to calm down and, and to, to simplify my fast a little bit. And the Homer in me is like, no, 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 I need to be set in the lead and the example of the most intense fasting there is in the church. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, no, you don't just calm down and I'll, like do, do this kind of fast. Do one lesser than last year. And I felt confused at first as I continued to meditate and pray on it. I really felt like that the Holy Spirit was telling me to, to almost like step back. And for me, I realized that I, sometimes I go really extreme and I want to go more and more because it makes me feel like I have control. I felt like if I, and there's been times where I would do a crazier fast because it, it gave me the sense that I'm giving control to my future. That I'm going to force God's hand to really answer these prayers if I really do it. Y'all know what I'm saying? And, and God was really just softening my heart and saying, why don't you just relax for a second and let me show you this way. Let me show you this grace.
And it's an amazing thing to realize a level of grace through fasting. Because fasting is, is, takes something out of you. It's hard work. And for me personally, I, I felt a very simple attitude toward fasting this year. And I really want to fast with just an attitude and heart of gratitude. Of gratefulness. And, and I want to share that with you because there's some of you here, you feel confused about fasting and you feel like you have to ask for a big thing. This is not, fasting is not like putting a bunch of dollar bills in a vending machine so that you can get the big top shelf vending item. But I want you to, to really see that fasting can be as simple as that. It might just be, your vision might just be one word. There's other years where we fast and we fasted specifically for the relationships. Me and my wife, we fasted and prayed for the relationships of our families, the relationships of our church members. And, and we were, each week we were praying specifically for relationships to be built and healed and restored. And so I want, I'm sharing all this extra information because I want you to really get a holistic grasp of what you think your fast is going to look like. Because this is a really important thing for you to do. This is a very edifying thing for your faith, for your heart, for your soul. And I know that if you engage in this fast, you're really going to feel a breakthrough in your soul, in your heart. And there's so many times at the end of the year, we really feel like our heart is against a rock in a hard place. And when we get our hearts in a place like that, our hearts become hard. Hard. And I know that the moments in my life where I feel like my heart is not hard are usually when it's stone cold. And I want you to look at this fast as also a time of your heart softening. I want us to take a moment to look at two different people in their fasting so that we know what to expect this new year. The first is Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 2, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights, he fasted and became very hungry. You know, Jesus' fast is so, uh, is so very edifying in the sense that it has so much meaning behind it. Before he starts his ministry on earth, he engages in this fast. Before he does anything, when it comes to uh, bringing the kingdom of God and the gospel message to earth, he does this fast. And it shows how much importance it is to, to start something with prayer and fasting. And that's the reason why we're starting the year with prayer and fasting. And I love how it says that he was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And the wilderness is a place that is alone and lonely at the same time. It's a, the wilderness is away from everything that is pleasing in the world. And it's during this time where he didn't eat, where he fasted, and it says that during this time, it's the only time that we see 
Jesus tempted by the devil. Think about that. You would think that when you're on like the a spiritual high, like you're just pressing into God, you're not even going to notice the devil is around. But the one point that we see in Scripture that Jesus is being tempted by the devil is when he was pursuing God the most. And right before he was going to start something. And I want, I want us to understand that when you fast, some things are going to be caused by it. Some, it's like a cause and effect. And there's gonna, during the fast, there's times of testings and trials. Jesus was tempted the most during the time of fasting. And it was also the, the time of opportunities to compromise. He was presented time and time again by the enemy a compromise of his goal. Over and over, a compromise was presented in front of him as he was fasting for something he knew was going to take time. He knew that it was going to take about three years for him to fulfill his ministry on earth and be crucified and go through so much pain and agony that was going to be a lot of hard work. And that's part of why he was fasting and praying so this 40 days. And all these compromises were presented to him. And I want you to understand that part of fasting is also making you sensitive to discernment. Because even though those compromises were presented in front of him, he knew very well that it was the enemy. That they were simply that compromises. And if you allow yourself to, to not understand that comp- uh, an easy route is not always from God, it will help you to understand that you're hearing that during fasting you're becoming so much more sensitive to three major things. You're becoming more sensitive to God's voice, to your own insecurities, and to the devil's voice. When you're fasting, all those three things seem so loud and come up so much. But if you pay attention, you'll be able to discern each of those voices. And that's what happened to Jesus. He was able to so clearly tell that it was the devil tempting him, that they were just compromises. And as you go through this 21 days of fasting, I want you to really tune in to your spirit person. And I want you to identify the voices that you hear. Because so many of you guys, myself included, are going to hear those voices of insecurity shout at you. They're going to shout at you. And they, those voices will be anything from, uh, wow, I can't, uh, you're, you're really fasting, and you, uh, but you slipped up and you ate this or drank that, you looked at that. What kind of Christian are you? God doesn't want to have anything to do with you. He, God, Jesus died on the cross and you can't even do this. Right? He rose from the dead. You can't even get out of bed. Right? And the, those insecurities are going to be screaming out at you. But is that the way that God talks to us in Scripture? 
No, it's not. And so you need to be able to discern those voices and say, no, that is just me. That is that I have insecurity. Recognize that each one of us have insecurity, right? We may be better at hiding it than others, but we have insecurities. And during the fast, you're going to have all of those insecurities start coming up. And what happened, the reason this happens is that I feel like the scripture, uh, scriptures just explain it so well. It says that when we go through trials and testings, which fasting begets, is it begets? Begot? Begets? We'll go with begets. Fasting causes testings and trials to come out, right? It, it says in Proverbs and, and other scriptures that, that when we go through testings and trials, that it's like we are gold being passed through the fire. And when gold is purified, they put it through the fire to the boiling point, And all of the impurities that are stuck with inside the deep metal of the gold boil to the surface. And it's called dross. And what, what, uh, what the blacksmith will do is that they, they get a piece of wood and they rub it across the top. And the gold will stay, but all of the dross, all of the impurities will stick to the wood. See, that's what fasting does is all of a sudden you can compose yourself. But when you're hungry and fasting and you have that coworker that that is the exact same to you, but this day you're not going to take it because you're fasting. All of that anger that was inside of you all of a sudden comes out and you feel so much angrier than normal. Right. And see, that's the dross coming out, those impurities coming out. And the wood that wipes it away is the cross. And it's, it's so poetic how it sticks to the cross. And Jesus, literally all of our sins sticks to him. All we have to do is allow Jesus to wipe over our hearts, our thoughts, our minds. And we don't have to see ourselves as like these wicked animals. But we see ourselves as being purified by Jesus. That when those impurities come up, that we don't have to be insecure about them, but that we can bring them to Christ. And He's truly the only person that can wipe those things off of our hearts. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And discerning your insecurities and discerning the voice of the enemy. The enemy... Often we think that the enemy is like so clear, like, oh, that's the devil. It's obvious that that's the devil. But it says that he is so cunning, like a serpent. And oftentimes, just like he did with Jesus, he'll use scriptures to try to convince you of a lie. The best liars are those who mix truth in with it, right? Either mixing truth in with it or making the lie so big that it sounds like it has to be true. And oftentimes we fall for those things over and over. What's a huge lie that we often believe? God doesn't love you. It's a complete opposite of what the Bible says. It's a huge lie. But we're like, maybe that's right. Oh my gosh. We could be reading scriptures and about how God's judgment was over Israel, over this and that. We're like, man, God probably hates me. See how he'll use the scriptures 
that's in taking completely out of context, say, see, if they messed up with that, shh, you're, you're toast. Mm-hmm. See, those, those lies are so conniving to convince you out of God's will for your life. And I want you to really press in, like I keep saying, press in, because it's going to be different this year. You're going to be able to tell the differences from your insecurities and God's voice. From the devil's lies and his manipulations and God's voice. And you're going to really press through these 21 days and discerning which voices you're hearing and which ones you're going to listen to. I want to share this scripture in Daniel chapter 10, verse 2 through 3. This is where the 21-day fast comes from, okay? It's called the Daniel Fast. It says, When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three whole weeks. Notice how it says like three whole weeks. <laughs> Every, everywhere else in the scripture, it just passes time like nothing. Like it says like, and we were there for three years. And for 40 years, we wandered in the desert. But while he's fasting, it's three whole weeks. <laughs> three whole weeks. Golly. <laughs> three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until these three weeks had passed. What the Daniel fast is really saying is that I didn't have anything good this whole three weeks. <laughs> it says that he didn't even have used lotion. We can all bathe, okay? But people skip that part when they're teaching about the Daniel fast, like no meats, no sweets, and no lotions or oil. <laughs> no, no baths. <laughs> But it says that what he's really describing is that uh, nothing pleasing, nothing pleasurable uh, was covered on his body or entered his body. That he was detaching himself from this world so that he can focus his entire spirit person on God. That's what fasting does. Is it reminds us to, that this world is temporary And that there's something so much greater that we are walking into. And it's irritating to our bodies. In Romans, it says that our flesh and spirit are always battling against each other. That they're constantly fighting one another. Because while we're here on earth, our spirit still is alive forever. And the body wants you to really get comfortable right now. Through this time of testings, trials, opportunities of compromise, if you use discernment, you're going to really be able to distinguish between God's voice, your insecurities, and the devil's lies, his manipulations. If you do this, I really believe that after this 21 days, that you're going to have the breakthrough that your heart needs. That you're going to have the breakthrough that your heart needs. And I, I want us to take a sobering thought. A sobering moment. And I want you to really think to yourself, what does my heart, my soul, really need from God right now? What do I really need? And I feel like for me personally... There's times where what I want overshadows what I need. 
when I was thinking about this fast, the first thing that came to my mind was growth. It's like, oh, I need growth. <laughs> In every asset of my life, <laughs> I need growth. And, and yet, when I really pondered on it, really meditated, that word growth turned into grateful. It turned into gratitude. And I want you to really take this, this, this moment as a setup for the, the future, for this year. And when I was thinking about this message, I just imagined us really digging our feet into the sand spiritually. What that means is when, when you're about to fight somebody or wrestle someone, and, and it's on like a beach, you have to like really dig your feet into the sand so that you can get as close to the foundation as you can. Because if you're just on the top, you'll slip. You'll fall over. You'll be moved easily. But really settling your feet, squishing it in, pushing the rocks out of the way, the shells out of the way, letting the sand overlap on top of your feet, what, when you do that, as we do that spiritually, this, this 21 days, entering into this year, you're going to really be able to shuck off what the enemy throws at you. You're going to really be able to battle. And in doing this, I want us to all grow in our spirits. And I want you to really receive what God wants for you. I, I hold back tears as I think about how this year God is leading me to do a 21-day fast of gratitude. I mean, that, it's something that makes my heart so softened. And just that feeling of your heart softening, it makes you realize how hard it was. And if we allow God to really move in our hearts and speak to us, you're going to, be, you're going to really enter into a new level of peace in your life. You're really going to be able to engage with God's presence. And when it comes to God's presence, I mean, imagine being in God's presence for 21 days. How is that possible? With our intention with our simple thought of, I want, I need something from you, God. And us entering this year with a complete mindset, our focus, God, the beginning of this entire year, I want it to be focused on you. I want you to guide my decisions and help guide me to what I really need. Not just what I want, but what I need. Because you know me better than myself. You know that my insecurities are not true. I still believe them. It, we really can hear from God and press into that presence. And so with all that being said, I want you to all close your eyes and bow your heads. And I know that God is speaking to, to a lot of you here. God's speaking to me, to you. And... I just feel like there is so much that our souls need right now. 
So many of us were beaten and kicked in 2019. It was a brutal year. And going into this next year, we need God to move. And God, right now, I pray for every heart here. And I pray for your spirit to do a renewing work in each of us. I just see your hand, Lord, hovering over people here. And I pray for your Holy Spirit to finish what you started in each of us. God, I pray that you restore and I pray that you get breakthrough. I pray that you bring closure and healing. And I pray that you bring something new. God, this is a moment where a door is closing and a new door is opening. And I ask for every person here. I, I just see so many people here who need that door to be closed. Who need to step into a new one. And I ask that you just bring us through this season right now and let it be a very monumental moment that you bring relief and hope again. With your head still bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and there's something stirring in your heart that says, I need a real relationship with God, with Jesus. I don't think I've had that before and I, I really want that. If that's you, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to just raise your hand. I see your hands. So what I want you to do, if that was you, I usually lead us through this prayer, but I want you to just, I want you to set your heart on that. What you want. If you raise your hand, what you want is a relationship with God. You want to have a moment where you say confidently, I found God. I found God. And I want you to take that with you today as a prayer of your heart. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus rose from the dead, that surely you shall be saved. And... For some of you, you've doubted that truth. You've doubted that truth. And you've believed the lie that except for me. Except for me. That God loves, God so loved the world except for me. And I want you to just take this into your soul and your heart today. That those are one of those insecurities that God wants you to see as a lie. And I want you to take it in your heart and your soul as you leave here today. And I want you to make your own prayer out of your own heart, out of your own soul to God. And tell Him what you're feeling. Tell Him what you really want, what you know that you need. And I want you to know that, you can, that He will answer you. And I want you to also know that you can have confidence in this love, 
and that you don't have to doubt it any longer. God, finish what you started in these people. Finish what you started and affirm your truths to them. I know that you have greater things ahead. I want to make one last prayer before we go into our time of worship. If you're here and you're set on everything that we talked about today, and you're even set on entering this year, doing the 20, this 21 days of fasting and prayer, it's really doing a time of pursuit. We often go through so many resolutions because we think that if we make a lot of little changes, it's going to change our life. This is the one change that we need to make at the beginning of the year, the pursuit that we need to make that will really change the rest of the year. And if you're here and, and you just say, I'm doing this, I need this, I want this, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. I see your hands. Amen. God, I ask that you just can confirm right now the decisions being made and that you cause a follow-through of the heart and that you, I just pray right now a calmness to any intimidation. I just, I sense right now just all this intimidation and this thought that you are not enough to do this. That is a, that is a lie. That is a lie. And it, it, it's not true. The Bible said that God is just looking for those who, are, who will worship Him in spirit and truth. And your heart's desire is to actually do this. That's a truth and something of your spirit. But this insecurity you have that, that I'm not enough to do it, I won't be able to really do it, it's just not true. You are more loved than you think you are. And I just pray, God, right now that you release that person from this sense of intimidation and that you cause a breakthrough to happen in their hearts. That they would really feel at peace and confident in pursuing you, knowing that they will not be left hung out to dry. And I just pray a confidence in entering this, this new year and that even all the doubts, man, I'm just sensing all these different, these different statements in people's hearts right now. I feel like there's a doubt, an underlying doubt. It's not one that you're trying to listen to, but it's a doubt that you have in the back of your heart, the back of your mind, that nothing's going to change. That's not true. I want you to know that that, that is such a false statement. God is going to finish what he started. Amen. And during this time of pursuit, I want you to know that that is, a late, that is something that you can discern as something, as an insecurity, as a devil, whatever, that is not God's voice talking to you. You don't have to hold on to those doubts and you don't have to give life to those doubts. 
just leave it where it is. You can just accept that you had that doubt and throw it out. You don't have to dwell on it. God, right now I ask that you just continue to move by your spirit. And I pray that you, you solidify everything that we're talking about today with your presence. I thank you, Lord, for this time. In Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.